It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm John Weeks and this is The Leader. Teacher strikes. We're in the midst of three days of action. Around 200,000 are set to take part in the long-running disputes over pay. It follows strikes from nurses, ambulance staff, university staff, postal workers, train drivers and civil service staff already this year and represents the second bout of action by members of the National Education Union. The NEU wants a fully funded above-inflation pay rise for teachers and support staff. Tomorrow, teachers in London, the South East and the South West will begin their strike action, which has been described as unforgivable by the Education Secretary Gillian Keegan, who said that children deserve to be in class, especially after the pandemic. According to figures from TeacherTap, only a quarter of primary school teachers in London expect their school to remain open to all pupils tomorrow. As a result, it's left many parents having to take leave or work from home in order to take care of their children. So joining me now is the Evening Standards Education Editor, Anna Davis. So Anna, strikes seem to be all we're hearing about in the news at the moment. Obviously, each strike has its own story, has its own background to it. Can you just begin by explaining the background to these teacher strikes? Yes, the background is teachers want more money. They say it's not about a pay rise, but it's about correcting a historic real-term pay cuts over the years. But it all comes about against the backdrop of the pandemic when we all saw how hard teachers were working, uh, when schools were closed and and many parents had to homeschool their children. They they got a real insight into uh, exactly how hard it is. And since then, we've seen the impact of children who weren't able to go to school, especially vulnerable children, the the sort of toll that that's taken on them. And there's been a rise in anxiety and mental health problems for young people. So teachers have been picking up the pieces and they've also been trying to catch up with work that's missed. So they've been under huge amounts of pressure and they they want a pay rise. Uh, They've already been striking. The first strike in London was back in February the 1st, when more than half of schools in the country were affected. And then this week, we've had different regions where teachers have been walking out, and then tomorrow, it's going to hit London. So the National Education Union members are the teachers who are striking. 
and they want above inflation pay rises. And they also want to make sure that they're fully funded so that schools get extra money to pay for the rises and they don't have to use their existing budgets to pay for them. There have been talks, but there's been no breakthrough yet. The government's offered um, a 3% pay rise for teachers most teachers, but the NEU says that's just not enough and they want they want above inflation rises. So has the NEU given a, a specific figure in terms of this pay rise? And do the numbers sort of stack up in terms of this pay dispute? Are teachers really underpaid? The NEU says that teachers' pay has risen by 22% since 2009, but the price of goods and services, so the RPI inflation that they use, has soared by 62%. So they say that there's been huge cuts to their wages and they want above inflation rises. The starting salary for a new teacher is going to go up in September, up to £30,000. So that will be the new teacher. The average classroom teacher in England gets around £38,000, £39,000 a year. And the average head teacher salary is around £74,000 a year. In London, there is a London waiting, so they get slightly more. And also employers contribute more than 23% to teachers' pensions, which is a generous deal. So it depends on uh, on your own viewpoint, whether, whether you think that's enough or not. But I suppose teachers would point out that their workload is huge. They don't just work, you know, 9 to 3.30. They work throughout the holidays. And they've also got to the emotional and mental burden of looking after young people, which, as we saw when schools shut, is huge. You know, they don't just teach, that, but they're the eyes and ears uh, sort of looking out for, for all the children. And they notice if someone doesn't come in or if someone's looking hungry or, you know, things might have changed at home. And they can pick those things up and, you know, alert further services, social services, if needs be. So that emotional toll is huge. And they are also dealing with COVID catch-up. So trying to catch all these students up on, on work they've missed and help them with the mental health problems and anxiety that they're suffering. So whether you think, you know, they deserve a pay rise for that should be taken into account. And obviously with teacher strikes come school closures. And that'll certainly be a worry for parents who have to sort things out like childcare. Do you think on the whole, parents tend to back this action? Yes, lots of parents I've spoken to do back the teachers in theory. There's a lot of sympathy for teachers. At the same time, it is annoying if their day is disrupted, if you're a working parent and you have to take a day off work and look after them or sort out the childcare. So it's difficult, I think, for parents who uh, you know, have a relationship with their children's teachers and many of them, they know them well and they support them personally, but also maybe were worried about, firstly, the work that their children are missing and secondly, the hassle that it causes for them to take a day off work. And also, you know, some parents have children in different classes at the same school. Some classes are shut and some are open. So it does cause a headache for them. Of course, it's worse for the more vulnerable families. So maybe a single working mum or dad who's on a zero hours contract who, who can't work that day. So they'll just lose money. Or children for whom school is a safe space and, you know, they might not have a nice home to hang out in for the day while the strike's on. They might be um, on the streets. So there is concern for for the more vulnerable children who, who won't be able to go to school as well. And so far, Anna, the, the government seems to be sticking to its guns on pay for all public sector workers, like nurses as well, for example. Do you think there's any chance of a rise that teachers unions would accept going forward? Well, the NEU leaders consistently saying that they're open to talks, but they don't want to be told that they have to pause the strikes before they before they sit down and talk. So the education secretary 
Gillian Keegan has offered to talk to them specifically about pay, formal talks on pay conditions and reform, but under that condition that they call off the strikes, which the NEU has refused to do. So at the moment, there is a bit of a stalemate, although both sides both keep saying that they will sit around the table with each other. We have a bit of time now before the next strikes after tomorrow, 15th and 16th of March. So there is there is some hope that an agreement might be able to be reached before then. But I don't think there's any hope for tomorrow's strike to be called off. Let's take a break now. In part two, primary school head teacher Dave McPartland tells us why the strikes are about more than just pay. It's actually about the conditions that we're working in and actually ultimately it's about the children and what we can't provide the children with in the way that we used to in the past. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Joining me now is Dave McPartlin, head teacher of Fake Fleet Primary School in Fleetwood. You may recognise him and his school from Britain's Got Talent back in 2019. Today, though, we are talking about the strikes. So, Dave, first of all, can you just talk us through the context behind these latest teacher strikes taking place up and down the country? It's one of those things, strikes can divide people, but I think there's a feeling now within education that things need to change at all, you know, all levels in all primary, secondary, further education, that we're living in a very different world post-COVID and the unfunded pay rises that were introduced a couple of months back, you know, they put such a huge amount of pressure on a system that's already feeling a lot of pressure. And and I think lots of people feel that we're a little bit of a breaking point. We can't offer the things that we maybe did in the past struggle to, but we did. And I think that, you know, the conversation seems to be in the, in the press, in the media, it's about a pay rise, whereas actually what seems to resonate a lot more with my colleagues and what we feel passionate about is that it's actually about the conditions that we're working in. And actually, ultimately, it's about the children and what we can't provide the children with in the way that we used to in the past. And you mentioned there some of the things that you can no longer provide. Can you give us some examples of those things? Yeah, um, you know, we are seeing some some behaviours that we, we haven't seen since, um, you know, post-COVID. Um, children that have, have slipped behind, maybe they've got things going on at home, mental health issues have absolutely gone through the roof. And the demand on social services, mental health services, everybody at every level is, you know, it's that word that we use, you know, way too much, but it, it is unprecedented. 
and you just can't provide the support that you would in the past. So for, I'll give you an example. We've got lots of children on care plans, EHCPs at school, and you get top-up funding for that. When the unfunded pay rises came in, we went from having not necessarily surplus budget, but money in reserve. And all of a sudden, overnight, we had a deficit budget, which is the reality is most of my colleagues, uh, head teacher colleagues, they are exactly the same sort. When you have something that needs a response, a child needs extra support, or there's something that needs put in place you know, quite quickly in school for the children and the rest of the class, you can't do it because you haven't got the money anymore. You know, the reserves that we, you know, we might have tried to keep that, that money for a rainy day, I guess, you, you haven't got that. And, and I think that's what's tough at the moment. You know, some of our children need additional support and, and we can't put it in. So you move what, you know, it's, it's like chess piece, you're moving things around school, but you can't bring anything additional in, I guess. And so far, Dave, the government seems to have stuck to its guns on pay rises, insisting there's no money available. Going forward, if there is no agreement to any form of pay rise, what will happen? What will that mean for schools tangibly? Uh, I don't know. I'm not going to pretend that I do. There are more strikes planned in March. It's not something that people do lightly by any stretch. And, and I know that staff are feeling it in their own pockets. And, you know, we've got staff, teachers who've got second jobs who will tell me that they would actually earn more going to work in the garage at the service station near us. Something does need to, you know, need to give the, the, the years of pay not keeping up. But like I said, it doesn't feel like that. that's what we, we strike about. It's the conditions and what we're being asked to do and the pressures that, that are on staff that I think everyone's reached a point where we're, we're all probably saying enough is enough now. And in terms of parents going forward, if there is no agreement after these latest strikes, it leads to the possibility of even more strikes going forward. That's obviously going to be a concern for parents who have to organise things like childcare. Is there anything that you can say to sort of reassure them or any change of tack if strikes don't actually lead to a resolution? Yeah, I mean, the, the work to rule, you know, we've got the option of, of working to rule, which actually I think would be a lot more disruptive than striking. But I think what I would say is that we're actually doing it for the children, for the families. You know, I, I hate having conversations with parents where I'm saying that maybe a couple of years ago I might have been able to to put more support in, get them access to certain services that are going to help. The reality is that I, I can't do that at the moment. And that's a really difficult conversation to say that in the past I could have done this. In the past, you know, you would have, we would have been able to offer you more, but we can't do that. So we are doing it for the children and, and the families. The idea that it's about pay, frankly, is, is nonsense, really. That's not the conversations I'm having with people. It's about what we can offer our children. You know, this is for, for the longer term, not, not the short. There's more news, interviews and analysis in the Evening Standard newspaper and at standard.co.uk. That's The Leader. Thanks for listening. We're back tomorrow afternoon at four o'clock. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. 
Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.